Hey guys, Abel here back with another video and today's video is going to be about something that I wanted to address for a very long time on this channel and that is going to be the 10 most underrated foods for fat loss or for staying lean. Now, what does that title mean? What does it mean when I say underrated foods? Well, there is a reason why I say underrated and not just the best foods for fat loss or staying lean. First of all, because there is really no such thing as the best foods for fat loss. But really, I was thinking about foods which I think should be rated highly and I think they should be staples when you're trying to lose fat, but they are typically not staples in most people's diets. I looked at a lot of people's meal plans and dietary setups when they're trying to get leaner and what I tend to see is that the foods that they are eating are just really not making dieting easier. Because what makes a given food conducive to fat loss it's mainly that it's highly satiating. It's low enough in calories. You can eat nice big mouthfuls of it. You can have a full plate of food. You don't have to resort to mini portions to stay within your caloric budget. So basically it makes it easier to stick to your calorie deficit. That's what makes for a good fat loss food, quote unquote. And I think the foods that a lot of people tend to prize when they go on a diet just don't really fit that bill. However, I think that these foods on this list will fit that bill very nicely. Now, to make this video a little bit more fun, I thought that I would rate these foods or I would give them a score. So I evaluated them based on a certain criteria and that's how I ordered them on this list. Now, in reality, there is no such thing as an actual order. All of these foods on this list are great. So you don't have to think that, okay, like number one on this list should be your main staple and then number 10 is something that you should only consume in moderation. No, this is going to be highly individual. Although I will say that it was actually good that I did this uh, ordering because what came out as the winner was not at all what I would have expected. So if I just put this list together based on what I would have thought was the best, then it would have looked differently. But I guess let's just go through the scoring system for these foods. So these were the factors that I considered. Number one is macros or energy density. Obviously, the lower in calories a given food is going to be per unit of volume, typically 100 grams, the more you can eat of that food and all things being equal, the more satiating it's going to be. Obviously, food volume is not the only thing that matters for satiety, not at all, but it is an important consideration nevertheless. The second thing is preparation time needed to actually eat that food. So some foods you can just grab and go, take it out of the fridge and you're ready to eat it. Other foods you will have to cook for at times, you know, 15, 30, even 60 minutes. The third thing is versatility. So basically how many types of different dishes you can actually make with that food. Some foods are very single purpose type items. You can make one type of dish with it and that's pretty much it, which is fine. But all things being equal, I think it's a nice bonus if you can use that food to create all kinds of different meals with different flavor profiles. So that will be the next consideration portability. So how easy it is to actually travel with that food, which can be an important factor. You know, if you go to the office and you want to have that food during your lunch break, then it's a big bonus if you can just put that thing in your bag and then you can just take it out and eat it versus something that is really difficult to carry around because maybe if you put it in a Tupperware container, it really easily leaks or maybe you open it up and then it just smells really strongly, which is fine in your kitchen at home when the food is fresh. But when you open it up with your coworkers around, then they might not be super happy about it. So obviously that is a factor as well. The next thing is digestion. So how kind is this food to your digestive tract? And that is something that we definitely have to talk about because unfortunately, 
a lot of the properties in food that make that given food item satiating is also kind of notorious for causing digestive problems. Because if you just think about it, oftentimes what makes a given food satiating is that it's high in volume, high in fiber, so that it can bind a lot of water. That's why it is so high in volume oftentimes. Well, fiber by itself is something that can actually aggravate some people's digestive systems. And also some of the compounds that are found in these foods can also be problematic. So FODMAPs, polyols, a lot of these different types of carbohydrates can be kind of tough on a lot of people's stomachs. And just as a side note, that is pretty much where we are as far as the technology to create very low calorie or even zero calorie, very tasty foods. So we do have the technological know-how to create zero calorie or close to zero calorie rice and pasta and different sauces and things like that. However, unfortunately, we don't yet quite have the know-how to actually make these foods in a way so that it's not an absolute disaster for your digestive system. A lot of these sauces and spreads and even peanut butters, they do the job. They are very low in calories, but oftentimes they will contain large amounts of guar gum or xanthan gum or different thickeners and solidifying agents and whatever, which if you ingest them in large quantities, it will not be a super pleasant experience for your stomach. So that is definitely something that we have to consider. The next thing is price. And uh, this is obviously a no brainer. Things cost money. And unfortunately, a nutritious, lower calorie and satiating diet is just going to be more expensive than a standard Western diet. Having a meal plan that consists of tons of fruits and veggies and lean protein is awesome but it's also going to tax your wallet a lot more. Obviously, we could say that nutritious food is not something to spare money on, but still, you know, if you're in a constrained financial situation or maybe you're a broken college kid watching this, then it can be an important thing to address. The next thing is accessibility. And this is a huge factor because some foods are just much more easily findable than others. In the developed world and especially in the Western world, in most good grocery stores, you will be able to find most of these foods on this list fairly easily. But for example, it can be a consideration if you travel a lot and sometimes you go to places where you don't have access to the most amazingly well-equipped grocery stores, then it can be tougher to find some of these things. That is basically the scoring system. So we are going to look at these factors and based on this, we are going to order things. Now, of course, the scoring system is not perfect. For one, it's because I gave a score on all of these from one to three. So if it's really good, so for example, if in the case of price, it's something really cheap, then it will get a three out of three. If it's one of the more expensive items, then it's going to get maybe a one out of three. That is all well and good. However, you could make an argument that, for example, price should matter a lot more than, say, the preparation time needed. Because if you cannot afford something, then that's going to be a very significant and basically insurmountable barrier, at least in the short term. Whereas if your only challenge is that the food takes a lot of time to prepare, then you could make the argument that, well, that's not really a legitimate excuse. Just don't be so lazy, take the freaking time and cook your freaking food. So for that reason, this scoring system is not perfect. However, we also cannot be objective about this because, you know, different people will have different issues and it will be more or less significant to one person versus another. If you're a very busy 
investment banker and you're working 15 hours a day and you literally have physically no time to actually prepare your food, then it's going to be a much bigger consideration. Whereas, for example, price is not going to be a very big consideration for you in that case because you do make a lot of money, you just don't have the time. And at the same time, if you're a broken college kid watching this video, then you might be baffled why digestion and the price of things is even mentioned in the same conversation because like you don't care about digestion like your stomach is bulletproof nothing can harm it but affording things and buying nutritious food that is a much more significant problem so you know you might rearrange this scoring system a little bit for you but it is what it is for now another thing i should mention before i get into the actual list is that on this list we are only going to cover whole foods which i'm fairly sure that pretty much everybody can find irrespective of where they live and things like that. So there won't be things on this list such as Miracle Rice or Miracle Noodles or Walden Farms Peanut Spread. Because for one, for a lot of people, it might be just completely uninformative listening to me telling you how awesome those things are because it might be just completely inaccessible in their country or maybe it's just super mega expensive and unless you're like a multi-multi-millionaire, it would be just a waste of money to spend your money on that or maybe you could get it but it would take like i don't know two weeks to get it shipped to where you live and half the money you would actually pay for the shipping itself so for these reasons i won't be mentioning these and also i mean you can just uh, rate these foods based on this scoring system if you're interested and you can see it for yourself how it would rack up compared to all the different foods and once again in case you're wondering why a certain food didn't make it to this list just think about whether that food is actually underrated. So for example, I won't be mentioning something like egg whites because yeah, egg whites are a very legit diet food. They are low in calories, high in protein. You can use them for all kinds of dishes. They are great, but are they really underrated? I mean, not really. Like people tend to eat egg whites quite a lot when they are trying to lose fat. It's one of the more stereotypical like bodybuilding foods. So yeah, I won't be mentioning it here for that reason. I could also mention something like non-starchy veggies. Yeah, in general, I do think that a lot of people don't eat enough veggies when they're trying to lose fat. But at the same time, something like broccoli is a pretty stereotypical bodybuilding food once again, and a food that a lot of people eat when they're dieting. So for that reason, that also won't be on this list. And with that, let's open up our list for today. And uh, let's open up with the last placing on this list. So we will go in reverse order, and that is cauliflower. Now, honestly, that was somewhat surprising to me. I thought that cauliflower would be at least in the top three or something like that. But no, apparently based on this scoring system, it ended up as the 10th. So what should we know about cauliflower? Well, it is awesome and it has a lot of great properties which make it a really diet-friendly food. So as far as the energy density, it has to get a three out of three. I mean, it has something like 22 to maybe 25, 26 calories per 100 grams. So whether you're trying to lose fat slowly or even you're crash dieting, you can eat cauliflower and it's going to fit into your diet just fine. Uh, the preparation time needed for cauliflower, I will give it a one out of three. So cauliflower is something that you will have to prepare quite a bit. Uh, it's not something that you can just eat raw. So at the very least, you will have to cook it for like 50 minutes, but oftentimes it will take longer. Something like, you know, 30 minutes or even more at times. Portability. Is cauliflower something that you can travel with? 
Not really. Technically, of course, you can do it and you can definitely put like a raw cauliflower head in your bag, but typically you will have to cook it anyway eventually. And if you do it, it will often leak from whatever thing you're putting that into. And when you open it up, it does have the tendency to smell, which kind of makes the whole thing um, inconvenient. So one out of three, not very good. Digestion. Once again, a one out of three. So it won't be getting a good score for this because cauliflower, just like broccoli and say cabbage, is notorious for causing digestive issues. It is definitely one of the more common foods that tends to aggravate people's digestive systems. So one out of three for that reason. Versatility, honestly, if the scoring system goes from one to three, then cauliflower should get like a five for this. Because honestly, I think that cauliflower is possibly the most versatile plant food out there. It's not the case that you can make many different types of dishes with it. It's more so the case that what can't cauliflower do? Seriously, you can make cauliflower rice, you can use it to make pizza because you can make a dough out of it. You can do so many things with cauliflower that it's ridiculous. The fact that you can eat it with sweet dishes and salty dishes alike, let's not even mention that because that's a given. So cauliflower is just ridiculously versatile, so it has to get a perfect score for this. Price, two out of three. So it's kind of in between. There are definitely more expensive whole healthy foods than cauliflower, but it is definitely one of the pricier vegetables typically. So if you compare it with something like tomatoes or cucumbers or lettuce or something like that, it tends to be more expensive than those. If you compare it with some other type of food like salmon, let's say, then yeah, cauliflower is definitely going to be cheaper. It's not going to break the bank, so you can still be resourceful and eat this in large quantities, but it is not the cheapest thing out there, typically at least. As far as the accessibility of it, it's a similar story, two out of three. So in most well-equipped grocery stores, you will have no problem finding cauliflower, but if it's a less great grocery store and some veggies are gonna be missing, there's a good chance that cauliflower is going to be on that list of missing items, at least in my experience. So all in all, cauliflower gets a total of 13 points and that's how it arrives to the 10th place of this list. Next item on this list is pumpkin which um, again, I thought that it would finish higher up, but as far as the energy density of it goes, it's very diet friendly as well. Pumpkin is in the low 20s as far as calories go, maybe 25 calories or so. Butternut squash is a little bit higher in calories, maybe more like 40 calories per 100 grams, but nevertheless, all of those numbers are great. So three out of three on this. Preparation time, it will have to get a two out of three. So the reason it didn't get a one out of three like cauliflower did is because yes, if you want to cook it well, it will take you quite some time, but pumpkin and squash, you can actually eat raw if you want. It won't taste as good, but you can do it. I've done it many times and it was just fine. Honestly, it sort of tastes like raw carrots, possibly even better. It still has a slightly sweet taste to it. So for that reason, I wouldn't give it a one out of three. I will be more generous. But yeah, if you want to bake it or boil it or something like that, it's gonna take you quite some time. Portability. Once again, two out of three. So there is nothing wrong with carrying around pumpkin and you can do it in a cooked format or in a raw format as well. It doesn't really tend to smell. It doesn't really leave a huge mess. It won't be leaking because it's fairly dry as it is. 
but still like you will have to prepare it first you will have to think ahead so for that reason i wouldn't give it a perfect score because some foods you can literally just grab and go with it digestion i would give it a 1.5 out of 3 so not as harsh on people's digestive system as commonly as cauliflower but still it does have the tendency to cause problems and it's not uncommon for that to be the case so 1.5 out of 3 for that reason versatility two out of three so it is very versatile for one you can eat it with salty and with sweet dishes and you can prepare them in all kinds of ways so for that reason i would say it's fairly multifunctional, but it's not as versatile as cauliflower but spoiler alert basically nothing is as versatile as cauliflower the price of it honestly it depends on whether it's in season or not so during the autumn period when it's in season it will be very very cheap if it's not in season then it will be much more expensive or maybe you won't find it at all and you will have to buy it in like puree form or frozen form or something like that which is going to be considerably more expensive so for that reason i gave it a two out of three once again because it really just depends accessibility i gave it a one out of three but honestly i should have given it a two out of three because again it depends in the autumn period it will be very easy to find it typically in the summer it will be much more challenging so it just really depends maybe i was a bit too harsh but i gave it a one out of three so in total pumpkins get 13.5 points and now we go to the next item on our list which is strawberries and strawberries are one of my personal favorites or i could even say obsessions and just personally i am very grateful that we get to have a food on this planet like strawberries which are pleasurable to eat very tasty and they're also not ridiculously high in calories and you can fit them into any kind of nutritional setup whether you're dieting or not dieting strawberries can fit the bill as far as the energy density goes it will have to get a perfect score because it's like 30 to 35 calories per 100 grams so very very diet friendly the preparation time is zero you can just take it out of the fridge or from the freezer and it's ready to eat but of course you can prepare it more if you want to make some low calorie ice cream or something like that portability i will give it a two out of three so you can carry it around no issues however it will often leak it will leave marks so if it gets onto your clothes or on the couch or something like that it can be pretty nasty and it's really hard to get those things out so it's not the most travel friendly food out there uh, digestion i will give it a 2.5 out of 3 so not quite a perfect score in my experience it tends to be one of the less problematic plant foods out there and among fruits it definitely tends to be one of the least problematic ones but still it can cause issues for some people i know some people for whom it does versatility it will get a one out of three so it's not the most versatile fruit out there or not the most versatile food out there in general it's fairly singular purpose so you will eat some sort of sweet dish and for that strawberries are a really good fit but honestly versatility is not the thing that we prize strawberries for the price of strawberry it will have to get a one out of three once again although i should mention them when they are in season they can be fairly cheap but still they are going to be one of the more expensive items out there so it's not like watermelon which is going to be super cheap when it's in season or pumpkin which is going to be super cheap when it's in season no strawberries are going to be fairly expensive at all times and during the winter period for example if you want to eat this then you will have to buy it in frozen format 
and that's definitely one of the most expensive items that you will find in most grocery stores. The accessibility of strawberries, um, it is fairly accessible, so I will give it a two out of three. In most good grocery stores, you will be able to find them at least in frozen format. If you're going to some crappy store, then yeah, probably you won't be finding it. But uh, yeah, it's not too bad, two out of three. So that was the next thing on our list, and in total, it gets 14.5 points. The next thing on our list is potatoes. So first of all, are potatoes actually underrated? Well, I mean, I think a lot of people do rate potatoes and it's sort of one of the more prototypical diet foods or recommended healthy foods. But still, if I'm thinking about the meal plans that I have seen over the years and I'm thinking about how much rice people tend to eat, for example, which rice could probably make it to a different list, which I have not created yet, which would be about the most overrated diet foods or just fitness foods in general, then yeah, I would say that potatoes are not rated highly enough because people tend to eat just as much rice on a diet even as they do potatoes. So for that reason, I think they still deserve a place on this list. So what should we know about potatoes? Well, as far as the energy density goes, I gave it a 1.5. So it is still very good in terms of calories. It will be something between 60 to 80 calories per 100 grams, which is not bad at all. But, you know, compared to non-starchy veggies, for example, or strawberries, for example, it's going to be quite a bit higher calorie. But still, I would say that potatoes are underrated in this aspect because even though they are not super low in energy density, they are fairly satiating. So it kind of sits in your stomach when you eat it. It gives you a different type of satiety compared to say broccoli or something like that. So, but still just purely in terms of energy density, 1.5 out of three. Preparation time needed, it's a one out of three. Okay, so potatoes will have to be cooked or baked or something, but it will have to be prepared ahead of time and it will have to be prepared well. You cannot eat it raw because it tastes like nothing or it tastes like absolute garbage rather. And maybe it's also not the best for your stomach. So yeah, it will take you oftentimes at least a good half an hour to actually prepare potatoes properly. Portability, you can carry it around. You know, it doesn't leave marks. It doesn't leave nasty stains. It doesn't contain a lot of fluids that come out and mess everything up. And it doesn't really smell when you open the box up with it. So two out of three. I think that's a fair score here. It's not a perfect score because still you have to prepare it ahead of time and you have to think ahead and whatever, but still it is fairly portable and travel friendly. Digestion, I gave it a 2.5 out of three, okay? So potatoes can cause issues, of course, but it is not one of the more notorious items out there. Sweet potatoes can cause more issues. That's more commonly problematic, White potatoes and similar types of potatoes are less likely to cause issues. So 2.5 out of three. Versatility, potatoes are fairly versatile, so you can eat it with many different types of dishes. You can eat it sweet or salty, like it goes with a lot of different things, but still, it's not a cauliflower. Maybe we should just call the perfect score the cauliflower award. Um, price of it, now this is where potatoes shine compared to something like strawberries or even compared to something like cauliflower. Potatoes are possibly the cheapest plant food in most stores. I mean, it is so cheap that the employees in the stores will just throw it at you if you are behaving nastily in the store. So they're great in that regard and accessibility as well. Like you will find potatoes 
everywhere. You cannot go somewhere almost and not find potatoes if they are selling food there. So very, very accessible. So for both price and accessibility, it will have to get a perfect score. So in total, it will get 15 points. By the way, people ask me all the time why I don't eat more starches in my diet, like potatoes, and why I mainly eat berries and fruits and non-starchy veggies, at least when I prepare my own food. And honestly, it's not because I have anything against potatoes. I think they are fantastic. It's mainly that I'm just lazy as fuck. And when I eat, then I want to eat right away. You know, I don't like the whole idea for myself of going to the kitchen, messing around for an hour and then eat. No, I get hungry. I go to the kitchen, grab something and then I eat it and then I leave. So that's just why I don't eat potatoes much. But at any rate, next item on our list is mushrooms which once again, just like strawberries, is one of my very favorites personally. And I'm very grateful again that we have something like mushrooms existing on this planet. So they are very calorie friendly. So for this, it will have to get a perfect score, 20 to 25 calories typically, depending on the type of mushrooms, whether it's white or brown or whatever. Um, preparation time, it's really not too bad. You can get it done in like 10, 15 minutes. You can actually eat it raw. I have done it in the past and it didn't really cause any kinds of issues, um, but you know, it's going to be more enjoyable to eat if you cook it or bake it or you do something with it. You can put it in the microwave and it's done in 10 minutes at most. So I will give it a two out of three rating for this. Uh, portability, you can carry it around. It doesn't smell too badly if you open up the box. Uh, it doesn't leak too much, although if you boil it, then it often will. But if you fry it, for example, you can put it in a box and there will be no issues whatsoever. So I will give it a two out of three mark here. Digestion, once again, two out of three. So it definitely can cause issues. And I do know a lot of people for whom it does, but it's not one of the more commonly problematic items such as broccoli or cauliflower or something like that. Versatility, once again, mushrooms are very versatile. Uh, you can actually eat it with sweet meals. And I actually have tried it in the past. It sounds kind of weird because we are so used to always having it in the context of salty meals, but I actually tried it, you know, mixing it with my fruit salad and it goes with it really, really well. And I don't see why it wouldn't actually, because if you think about it, it kind of has a similar texture to say potatoes or something like that. So it is fairly multifunctional, but it's still not as versatile as say, cauliflower. But again, cauliflower is cauliflower. Price, mushrooms can be definitely one of the more pricey items, kind of similar to cauliflower. It's not going to break the bank. You can still be resourceful and have it on a day-to-day -day basis even, but it's not one of the cheapest plant sources out there. So once again, two out of three. And then accessibility, again, similar to cauliflower. So in most good stores, you will find it. If it's a crappy store, then yeah, there's a good chance that you won't find it. So in total, mushrooms also get 15 points. So they are, you know, sharing the same number of points with potatoes. Next thing on our list is whole eggs, believe it or not. Not egg whites, not something more fancy thing. No, it's whole eggs, which a lot of people would argue should be on the most overrated diet foods or most overrated health foods in general. But I would say that whole eggs are very underrated because people think of them as full fat, high cholesterol, high calorie food. Why would you have it on a diet? Well, my thinking is that for one, some amount of cholesterol in your diet is really not a bad thing. In fact, it has a lot of beneficial effects as well, even for muscle growth. Secondly, while eggs, yes, are high in fat, but my thinking is you will have to have some fat in your diet, typically, unless you're doing the most crazy crash diet ever. 
you will have to have some fat in your diet. And I would say to get in some of those fats, whole eggs are a great choice because they are fairly satiating. You can have them in many different ways. It also has protein in it. And I would say getting your fats in that way, or at least a portion of the fats, is superior to getting them from, say, oils or butters or snacking on a handful of nuts or something like that, which is just going to trigger you to overeat. Oftentimes, it's not going to be very satiating. So I would say that eggs are a very legitimate source. And they also have some other good properties, which we are also going to touch on here. So energy density is going to be a one out of three because, you know, it will be anywhere from 75 to maybe 85, 90 calories per one egg. So yes, it's much higher in calories than say cauliflower or strawberries, but it's not really a fair comparison because they serve a different purpose. Strawberries and cauliflower, you're mainly eating as a filler basically adding bulk to your meal, volume to your meal to fill yourself up. And also, of course, for the enjoyment, eggs have functionality. You're eating it for the fat, for the protein and things like that as well. So it's not really a fair comparison, but still we have to rank these things somehow on this list. So one out of three. The next thing is preparation time, 2.5 out of three. So obviously you will have to prepare them in some ways. You won't be just having them Rocky style, but it won't be taking a lot of time. I mean, an omelet could take a bit longer, maybe up to 10 minutes, oh my God, but you can even microwave it. You can put it in a bowl, whip it up a little bit, and it's done in like two, three minutes. And it actually gives it a really nice fluffy texture. It almost looks like a muffin or something like that. Um, portability, 1.5 out of three. So again, you can carry eggs around, but if you don't have to, just don't. Although hard boiled eggs, you could carry them around and there is no major issues. It will smell a little bit, but nothing too disastrous. Um, but still, it's not the most convenient thing to carry around. So 1.5 out of three. Digestion, 1.5 out of three again. So it's not terrible. And for a lot of people, it causes no issues whatsoever. I'm one of those people, for example, but I do know a lot of people for whom it does. And as far as animal products are concerned, eggs are one of the more commonly problematic things. Versatility, a 2.5 out of three. So not a perfect score, but it is very versatile. Basically one of the most versatile animal products out there. So you can have it with salty dishes, but also with sweet dishes. If you microwave it and it fluffs up, I mean, you can have it with fruits and things like that, and it's perfectly good, but you can actually even have omelets with fruits. And I have done it in the past and it was really good. So yeah, not too bad. Price, this is once again where eggs shine. So eggs are possibly the cheapest high quality protein source out there. Obviously it's going to be more expensive if you're buying some organic or free range or whatever type of eggs, but still eggs are fairly cheap for the most part. Accessibility, similarly, it has to get a perfect score. So you will find eggs in all grocery stores pretty much, maybe in some really crappy ones like next to a nightclub or something like that, which only sells beverages and condom or something like that. You won't be finding eggs, but otherwise you will find them everywhere. So in total, cool eggs get 15 points as well. So basically three different items on this list share the same number of points. Next thing on our list is whole fruit, which obviously is a very broad category, but here basically I mean any kind of fruit that is not a berry fruit. So I mentioned strawberries already, and I guess as an extension of that, you could also think of other berries like strawberries, 
like raspberries or blackberries, which are very similar in most aspects. Maybe they tend to be a bit more problematic digestion-wise than strawberries, but still they are fairly similar. And then in the case of whole fruits, it could be any kind of fruit really. So apples, pears, bananas, plums, peaches, things like that, melons, which honestly, melons could have been their own separate category. They are just that good. But whole fruits are great. So energy density-wise, they will be anywhere from 30-something calories up to maybe 100 calories. So things like bananas and maybe grapes are going to be higher calorie, higher in carbs, higher sugar, lower fiber. But then things like melons or peaches are going to be more like 30, 40 calories per 100 grams. So they are very good in terms of the energy density. I will give them a two out of three, but it really depends. It could be a three out of three if you're thinking of the lower calorie ones, but definitely not as good as strawberries. Preparation time, I mean, this is where whole fruits shine. You just grab a piece of it and you just go. You know, like you just grab an apple, you don't have to do anything with it. You can just bite off of it right away. So very convenient. Portability, once again, as good as it gets. You don't have to do anything with it. You don't even have to put it in a box or in a bag. You can just throw it in your backpack and it's there, ready to eat. Maybe put it in a bag though, because if you smash it, then it could be nasty inside your bag. Digestion. A two out of three because it really just depends some fruits are going to be more problematic for some people versus others for example for me apples are fairly problematic so i can only have them in very limited amounts peaches often as well but things like plums or melons even are much less problematic and then within melons honeydew melons are fine but then watermelons just destroy me so it really just depends so i will give it a two out of three versatility not the most versatile thing in the world. Yes, you can have some exotic dishes, which I do like actually. So you can actually have melons with cheese or peaches with some meat or something like that, or plums with meat. Like there are famous dishes which actually use these combinations. But for the most part, for everyday use, typically you eat fruits when you want to eat something sweet, but that's completely fine, you know. Price, I will give it a two out of three because once again, it just really depends. Some fruits are going to be more expensive than others pretty much at all times. Bananas are going to be one of the cheaper fruits at all times. And then something like pineapples, let's say, are going to be more expensive pretty much at all times. And then things like melons, again, it just really depends on the season. So to call it even and to be fair, let's just give it a two out of three. Um, accessibility, I mean, three out of three, perfect score, because at least some type of whole fruit you will be able to find everywhere, basically. So in total, whole fruits will get 16 points. And with that, let's go to the next item on our list, which is zucchini. Now, honestly, I basically gain a new level of appreciation and just fascination with zucchinis almost every week because I just learn some new type of dish that you can also make with zucchinis. It is just phenomenal. Energy density-wise, it's as good as it gets, basically 17 calories per 100 grams. So if you're crash dieting, even then you can eat it in very large quantities. Preparation time needed, that's not great with zucchinis. Um, the only reason I would not give it a one out of three is because you can actually eat it raw. And I have done so many times in the past. I actually ate it in a way where I chopped it up and I mixed it with my frozen berries and I put sweetener and cocoa powder on it. And it was actually totally good. 
it doesn't really have a taste when you eat it raw. So you might think it's super gross. It's not. It really doesn't have a taste, so it doesn't ruin anything, but it just gives extra volume and bulk to the meal without wrecking up a ton of extra calories. So you get to be more full. And when you're really pushing the fat loss diet, then that can be something that's uh, quite handy. But anyway, so typically you will want to prepare zucchinis though, and unfortunately it does take quite some time to properly bake it or boil it or whatever cooking method you're using to get it ready because it's high in fiber that's why it's so high in volume it binds a lot of water so yeah that will take some time but it's not that terrible still not as bad as potatoes for example so i will give it a two out of three portability i mean no issues you can carry it around you can travel with it it doesn't really smell so won't be issues on that front it doesn't really leak or make a lot of mess because it's fairly dry once it's cooked. So no issues. You will have to prepare for it ahead of time if you want to travel with it in a cooked form. But other than that, nothing wrong with it. So three out of three. Maybe I could have given it a two out of three if I gave potatoes a two out of three. But anyway, um, digestion, two out of three once again. So it's not perfect. I definitely know a lot of people for whom it is problematic, but it's not one of the worst offenders out there. Versatility, I will have to give it a perfect score once again. It will get the Cauliflower Award because you can just make so many things with it. And again, I'm finding something new out each week. So just the other day, we made uh, zucchini burgers at home and it was ridiculous. Like all you needed is zucchinis and you had to like grate it down in the food processor. But other than that, all was needed was like two eggs and some spices. And there you had it. We made like 10 burgers with it or something like that. And it was totally good. So it is just phenomenal. The next thing is price. Uh, again, similarly to cauliflower or mushrooms, it can be one of the more pricey items. And I think I've heard from someone living in Sweden that zucchinis are just ridiculously expensive there and they're often more expensive even than strawberries. It's definitely not the case here or most places where I've been to so far, but it's definitely one of the more pricey plant foods out there. So not too bad, but not amazing. Um, accessibility, two out of three once again. So in most good stores, you will be able to find it. If it's a crappy store and it only has like potatoes as a vegetable and then apples as a fruit, then yeah, like zucchinis are not gonna be on their list. So in total, zucchinis will get 17 points. Maybe it's symbolic because they have 17 calories per 100 grams. And with that, we arrive to the next thing on our list, which is quark, which is a type of dairy. So under that same breath, I could say it could be low-fat cottage cheese or skier or any type of similar dairy product. Why is this food so high up on our list? Well, it is because it is awesome. As far as the energy density of it goes, it can range anywhere from awesome to phenomenally magnificent. So some quark and similar dairy products could be something like 75, 80 calories per 100 grams, which is not bad at all. Or it could be something like 45 calories per 100 grams, which is ridiculous. In the Netherlands, I've seen some products like this. It is just obscene how good it is. In some other countries, it might not be quite as good, but it's still going to be great. And for that reason, quark and skier and things like this are just an error in the matrix. They are so good that it's almost not realistic. 
It's very filling, very satiating, and it can just make your diet so much more enjoyable and so much more sustainable. So the energy density obviously will have to get a perfect score. Obviously, it is going to be higher in calories than, I don't know, cauliflower or mushrooms, but again, not the same purpose, so not a fair comparison. The preparation time is basically zero. I mean, if you want, you can just rip the package open and you can start eating it. Personally, I mainly like to use it with sweet dishes, so I like to have it with berries or fruits, and I will add some sweetener and some condiments on top. It's a great meal, but there is no issue with having it with salty meals as well. So preparation time, three out of three, very, very good. Portability, again, perfect score, so you can just put it in your bag and you can just take it out and eat it with a spoon. So all you need to be able to travel with it is that you have some kind of spoon with you typically. Uh, digestion, again, I will give it a perfect score, three out of three. Yes, of course, it still can cause issues because it is dairy, so dairy can be problematic. But as far as dairy products go, it's not nearly as problematic as, say, milk is. So for that reason, I will give it a three out of three, but maybe I could reduce it to two out of three. But who cares? It will, would finish very high up on this list anyway. Versatility, I gave it a two out of three, but maybe I should give it a perfect score, actually, because you can really eat it with anything that you want, basically. Like, it goes with salty and with sweet dishes, and as far as a protein source is concerned, you cannot really ask for much more. And if I just think about it now, like you can make all kinds of cool recipes using this. So probably I was a bit unfair and I should give it the perfect score. But anyway, I already gave it two out of three and I don't want to redo the whole thing. We will go with it for now. Uh, price, I gave it a two out of three. So it is definitely not the cheapest thing out there, not as cheap as say, eggs, but as far as high quality protein sources go, it's actually really not that bad. So if you compare it with something like lean beef or salmon or shrimp or something like that, it's still very cheap in most cases. But yeah, like something like tuna or eggs are going to be cheaper. So two out of three for that reason. So in total, Quark gets 18 total points. Uh, and again, maybe I was too harsh. I could have given it a perfect score for versatility. And um, in that case, it would have 19 points, which would make it a joint first place winner on this list. Uh, but then again, for digestion, I could have given it a two out of three. So whatever, it will be fine. And with that, we arrive to the winner, the number one for today, and that is carrots. Honestly, I did not see that coming. I thought that something like zucchini or mushrooms or something fancier would come out on top. But no, it's carrots. And the thing is, it makes so much sense. I did not think of it, and I think a lot of you would not have expected this, but it's so logical and it's so simple, and that is actually the beauty of it. Because if we just look through the features of carrots, the energy density is great. It's 40 calories per 100 grams, which is very, very good. It's a root vegetable, and it's much better than, say, potatoes, and potatoes are already good, but carrots are even better. Preparation time needed. I mean, it's a perfect score once again. Yes, you typically people boil it or bake it or something like that, but you can eat it raw and there's nothing wrong with it and tons of people do it. Portability, a perfect score once again. I mean, really, what do you need to carry around carrots? Something that you can put them in, but that's it. And you can do it raw or in cooked form. 
and it's really not that bad. It doesn't smell, doesn't leave a bunch of nasty stains, or maybe it does if it's boiled, but otherwise no issues. Digestion, I'm inclined to give it a perfect score, but I will be a bit more conservative and I will give it 2.5 out of 3 because yeah, sure, I know some people for whom it is problematic, but it's very uncommon. Like carrots are often listed on the list of foods that you can still eat even though you have X food intolerance. So carrots are typically very digestion friendly. The price of carrots, perfect score once again, three out of three. Carrots are cheap. Maybe potatoes are even cheaper, but as far as whole plant foods are concerned, they are fairly cheap. Like they're definitely one of the more affordable items out there. Accessibility, again, perfect score. Like you will freaking find carrots everywhere. If you do something nasty and people want to chase you out of your town, like they will throw it at you on the street alongside with eggs and potatoes. So very accessible. And this is why carrots are so high up there. Like you would not think of it as something that is remarkable, that it can do these amazing things. And no, it really doesn't do amazing things for the most part, but it does everything really well. If I can use a football or soccer analogy, he is kind of like Thomas Müller or Müller from Bayern Munich. He is this football player who is not amazingly skillful. He doesn't do these remarkable things that really stand out, but he's really good at basically every element of the game. And for that reason, he's a world champion, multiple time Champions League winner. And I mean, one of the great players of all time. So, but people overlook him. And I think what he is to football, carrots are to the food universe. They are just a really, really solid food choice. And I overlooked it, I underrated it amongst these good food choices. I did not think it would come out as a winner. And I owe it an apology because it makes total sense that it was the winner because it is just that good. What I particularly like about carrots is that they can be a very good sweet potato or potato replacement if you want to reduce calories in your diet without compromising the taste and the enjoyment of it too much. So if so far you were eating some potato fries or something like that that you made for yourself, so not the store-bought one with a bunch of oil on top, you can just replace them with carrot fries or something like that. If so far you were eating, I don't know, boiled potatoes with a salty dish, you can eat boiled carrots. And it will be very similar texture-wise and even taste-wise. It's not going to be that different. And so, yeah, carrots are just really, really cool. And I think they fully deserve to win the race for today. So I think um, let's take a moment and appreciate carrots for what they are and what they can do for us. So let's take that moment now. Cool, that was the moment. So that is basically the conclusion for this video. I hope that you found this informative. It was a little bit different than most of my videos because it was not like super deep or analytical or whatever. It was more of a fun type of video, but this was my list. And of course, again, this is not the list. So it's not the case that things that didn't make it to this list are useless and you shouldn't be eating them on a fat loss diet your list could look completely different and that is completely fine. So there is no issue if you, for example, feel like, yeah, like strawberries and mushrooms and things like that, like they don't satiate me at all. But if I eat white rice or rice cakes and peanut butter, I get super full and it just knocks my hunger the hell out. If that's your experience, more power to you. Keep eating that. I mean, you know, this is not an obligation to eat these foods. It's just something that I think can be helpful for a lot of people. So anyways, uh, let me know what you think of all of this. Let me know in the comment section how your food list would look like. 
or maybe which of these foods are staples in your diet or which one of these do you eat regularly and which one of these do you never eat when you're on a fat loss diet and why not. So I would be super interested to hear your comments and then, you know, just like the video if you liked it or dislike it if you disliked it. For more content like this, subscribe. And if you're interested in working together with me, whether it's in a coach client format or you want to do a consultation with me, then check out the video description below. And with that, um, see you guys next time.